The sale of a senior's home can be stressful and overwhelming. Packing, moving, cleaning, and needed repairs. There's no need to be overwhelmed. Hi, I'm Rebecca Bowman, founder of Sash, a real estate company focused on serving seniors and their families. Here's Sash client, Cynthia. We had to figure out how to settle an entire estate in 10 days. We chose to work with Sash because they were very ethical. They were always responsive. They were always very thoughtful, and they kept asking, are you okay? Do you need more help from us? They exceeded my expectations continually, and they did it all cheerfully. I would definitely recommend Sash. Call us at 888-400-SASH and read our client reviews at sashservices.com. From start to soul, Sash Senior Home Sales Services. Call 888-400-SASH today. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And we are here with Allison Schreier, who is an Alzheimer's and dementia expert and the CEO and founder of Zinnia TV. And we're going to learn a lot about Zinnia TV this hour, but we're first doing a little bit of background. And in our previous segment, um, Allison shared a little bit about her story and how it came to be and how she really learned about communicating with those that have Alzheimer's and dementia. And um, Allison, I'm so glad you're coming back because a lot of us don't necessarily really understand fully of what happens to the cognitive decline as someone is diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's or dementia. Sure. So just a really quick base, just primer to make sure we're all on the same page. So there are over 100 diseases that qualify as a dementia, but the ones that we hear about the most are Alzheimer's disease, vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia, and frontotemporal dementia. Mm -hmm. And what all of these have in common, there are four things they all have in common. One is that they impact at least two parts of the brain. And when I say impact, I mean that those parts of the brain are actually starting to die. So they are losing brain tissue. The brain of a person who has died from dementia can be up to a third smaller than a brain of somebody who dies of some other causes. Mm -hmm. Number two is that these diseases are all chronic. You have it every day, um, so your symptoms may vary day to day. Right. Number three is that they are all progressive. Though we do know that there are ways to slow down progression, but that's a whole other story yeah. um, that I could talk and about. And they're for discovering hours. new things every day. Absolutely. And then number four, of course, is that all of these diseases are fatal. Yeah. So what's happening is if these diseases impact two parts of the brain, then the skills that are associated with those two parts of the brain stop operating as well. So, for instance, with Alzheimer's disease, the two parts of the brain that are definitely going to be impacted, and it could be more, and in fact, as the disease progresses, it will be more. Right. But the parts of the brain that are impacted are the left temporal lobe that has to do with language, and so people will start losing skills. They know what words they want to say, but they can't make those words come out. Mm -hmm. And so people will start slurring words, sounding almost like they're speaking kind of a gibberish. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of the brain, the hippocampus, is responsible for memory and wayfinding. So mm -hmm. people with Alzheimer's disease are having difficulty finding their way places, and they're having difficulty with short-term memory. And so, they wander. I'm, I'm assuming that's part of it. That's part of the wandering is because I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I'm lost right. because my wayfinding is, is broken. 
What also happens with, and, and so with these other diseases, they impact different parts of the brain. So I mentioned that my husband didn't have memory issues, even though he had dementia, because he had frontotemporal dementia, which impacts the frontal lobe and also the language center, not the memory portion of the brain. So he so, never, he never, um, he always knew who you were. He always knew who I was. He would be able to drive in a car with me, and even though he could no longer speak, he could use his hands to point to the direction that we should go, and he was always right. And even when he was um, very close to death, people who he hadn't seen in years showed up, and he knew who they were. That's amazing. It is. So I think that's a lot of what my mom had vascular, and she always knew who people were, but she had a hard time with connecting, like, if like what date is it norma or yeah. or what on a scale from one to ten what's the pain <laughs> yeah or, or how old are you she never knew her age so yeah. that's those things but she always knew me she always knew everybody so that's i'm sure that was part of her brain and i'm sure that's part of vascular is it not true i mean is that Absolutely right correct. yeah so it can be yes so um, one of the things that we who are supporting a person with dementia really need to recognize mm -hmm. is that it's not that somebody's being willful, it's not that they're being challenging, asking questions like, I already told you where the keys are, don't you remember, just makes it really hard for somebody with dementia and makes them feel like they are less than and makes them feel like they are um, not respected any longer yeah. because, no, they don't remember <laughs> because the part of the brain that should be storing that data is no longer able to store that data. So another thing that happens with most dementias um, is that people lose procedural memory. So that means they lose the ability to follow a sequence of steps. Right. So we have to speak in, um, we break things into shorter series of um, instruction, asking maybe just one thing at a time. Something like go upstairs and brush your teeth can be very challenging for somebody who cannot follow the steps of find the bathroom, yeah. find the toothpaste, take the cap off the toothpaste, put it on the brush. So right. into little tiny steps. Another thing that happens with most dementias is that people, so your processing speed gets really hammered. Pro losing pro processing speed declining is part of normal aging. Sure. So what would take somebody who is 20 years old a second to process will take me at my age about 1.7 seconds. Okay, just for instance, for somebody who is living with dementia, it can take up to 20 seconds to answer a very simple question. Wow. Think about this in very simplistic terms. Your brain wants to answer the question, and it's trying to get to that place to find the answer, but it keeps hitting bridges that are out because there is brain tissue that is no longer there. But boy, it's going to try to find a workaround. And by the time it eventually figures it out and responds, you can be, um, it can take up to 20 seconds. And you know, what you're saying is so valid. And I remember taking my mother like out to restaurants. Yes. And she would look at the menu and she would see what she wants, right? Because she would read the menu. But then when it came time to order, it's like she couldn't get the word out of what she was reading. And I would see servers get impatient. And oh, yeah. Um, there's that, there was that connection. And yet, you know, 
it was hard on, you know, family, a family member like me. And I'm sure that those listeners that are, that are listening and watching this podcast is the fact that, you know, you're in a situation right now where you're trying to help your loved one. You're seeing an irritation from a server and you really don't know if you should step in and correct it. If you should make the order for on their behalf. But my mom got offended if I do that. She's like, let me talk, let me answer, you know, talk or answer the question. And um, so I really came to the point where I would say to the, the server, just, you know, be patient, you know, just, or, you know, I'd be nice. I mean, how would you say it's the best way to handle something like that? So, so two things are going on there. One is it can be really overwhelming for a person with living with dementia to look at a menu and figure out what they want. So one of the things that we do when we're working with a person, supporting a person with dementia, is we avoid open-ended questions like, what would you like for lunch? Because, okay. oh, my God, the world of possibilities is so big. That's true. So instead, what we do is we offer choices. Hey, Mom, we don't even need to look at the menus here. I know what's good. Do you want the ham sandwich or the turkey sandwich? Perfect. So we break it down into simple little Perfect. questions. And then working with the server, we can say something like, hey, my mom requires a bit, or maybe don't even make it about my mom. We require a bit of extra time. Thanks for your patience. Mm -hmm. Just put it out there. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And so obviously, when you're, when you have been studying the brain on dementia and Alzheimer's, what have you discovered that's come into Zinnia TV, which we're going to talk about in this, at the last half of our hour? And the functionalities of that. So one of the things that, so I talked about this processing speed. Mm -hmm. um, processing speed also impacts the data that people take in. Uh -huh. So we know that even in the earliest stages of dementia, somebody is missing probably one in every four or five words. Sure. Missing one in every four or five words. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that it's very difficult for me to participate in complicated conversations. Sure. And by complicated, I mean like pretty much everyday conversations. Once we start talking outside of my comfort zone, I start missing words and I start feeling stupid. And so what I do is I start isolating because I don't want to be with those people. They make me feel stupid. I don't want to be with those people. They talk about things I don't know about. So we know that people ability to take in data is slowed down. This is both visual data as well as auditory data. Right. And so we also know that as dementia progresses, people have a hard time telling fact from fiction. I remember when my stepdad was watching, it was September 11th, and the TV was showing footage from so many years ago, and he went running in and he, well, he kind of wobbled in, and he woke up my mother and he said, Kathleen, Kathleen, wake up terrible things are happening in New York. He had no sense that this is something that had happened a long time ago. People will watch the news and they see something reporting about a fire and they assume that it's their house that's on fire. Mm -hmm. So we know that the things that people see on TV can be very hard for them to identify with. Is it real or not? I can't really follow what they're talking about. And things are moving so quickly on the screen that I can't really pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so what I do instead is I kind of shut down. So we see a lot of people who live with dementia who, for instance, fall asleep in front of the TV because mm -hmm. I cannot pay attention to what's going on. So I am going to gracefully exit and just fall asleep. 
So just some some of the brain changes that impact the way that we um, respond when we're watching television with dementia. Well, and it's so valuable that you have this amazing channel. And we're going to talk about Zinnia TV for everyone um, that are listening. And in the meantime, Allison, how do we get to your channel? And by the way, there's stuff to watch right now for free. And you can certainly get a sample. So tell us how to reach Zinnia TV. Thank you so much. It's Zinnia TV, Z-I-N-N-I-A-T-V.com, named after the Zinnia flower, because the Zinnia flower blooms in any conditions, even terrible ones, and we want to help people living with dementia continue to flourish. I love that. And so in our next two segments, in the bottom half of the hour, we're going to talk about Zinnia TV and why it's so effective with those with Alzheimer's dementia. And Allison will be right back right after this. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Life Audio. 